Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. I'm Amber. And we are back for another exciting, yeah. exciting, this is, exciting this is show. All, this is all you because this is this show is about classic gaming. Well, it's, it's around that. Yeah. I grew up with my Nintendo. Well, so did I. And you had, I did, Atari was a little too old. I think I was too young for Atari and I never owned one and... So I was not into that, but um, well, you're talking about console gaming. I mean, yeah, there's, the well, big thing for us was what what we're going to be talking about more was uh, was arcade gaming. Well, and here. I didn't like arcades either. I only like pinball machines. The yeah, arcade you do like games, pinball machines. Yes, the arcade games were too hard. You'd put your quarter in, and you were dead. Well, yeah, and that's I, what we talked about. The only though, one I played was Pac-Man. I had a miniature one, a desktop Pac-Man. Oh, those were awesome. Yeah, I still got it somewhere. But I bought AJ one of those a couple of years oh, you ago. Did? Yeah. Yeah, oh. he don't play it. That's the nephew. Yeah, that's that's our ne- that's my little nephew. What were you saying? So anyway, uh, you want to tell the listeners about Cat before I go into one of my thoughts about this this video game. Well, sure. Uh, Catherine Despira is a writer and historical researcher with a deep interest in urban legends, unsolved mysteries, and 20th century pop culture. Despira was featured in the 2013 documentary film The Video Craze, Where Were You in 82? And in the dramatic podcast series The Polybius Conspiracy. A classic arcade game collector, Despira believes every room dreams of being an arcade. Uh, and yeah, I mean that sums it up. Now, and, but you, this is kind of a weird thing, as you said, as you said before, Amber. This was all me, so you were kind yeah. of on well, the sideline for this thing while me and Cat. Yeah, I was taking some show notes, <coughs> uh, but the whole thing, I, the thing I was thinking about is because this this is about a game that did not exist, but people think that it existed, or they claim that they yeah. saw it, or they played it, and that it. Um, uh, I think Cat mentions that it actually affected their health. Yeah, no, it, it, that's what people say. Is weird it, things to happen well, to it, them. It caused nausea, gave them headaches, um, you know, just all kinds of problems. Was it, Did anyone ever say why? Like, did the game do something well, weird? Yeah, we, we kind of didn't. We, we we didn't get. Yeah, I don't know if it went there. We were well, we were dealing more with whether this damn thing existed yeah. or not. But as far as the game's concerned, from what they said, the game was very psychedelic looking. It was very colorful, and it was very, I mean, for the time, it was very sophisticated. Would there looking. have been colors in machines in 1981? Hell yeah. Oh, I thought the Atari only had, like, green. No, we're talking about arcade games. Those were way more sophisticated oh. than console gaming. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, arcade gaming was way ahead as far as uh, technology and graphics, excuse me, than console gaming was at the time. Um that's why, you know, there, for example, like if you saw, you know, obviously you talked about Pac-Man, you played that in the mm-hmm. arcade. Well, that looked pretty good. You know, for the time, it still looks pretty good. It's, it's a classic game, yes, obviously. It, it, but well, did you see the Atari version of it, though? It looked horrible. Hmm. It looked really, really bad. I'll have to show it to you. I have a card upstairs with my Atari 20s, well, my VCS. Yeah, I'll have to mm-hmm. take a look at that. It's really bad. So well, the, the technology was a lot different between the two. What were you saying? So while you guys were talking, I just I, I couldn't help but think of the Mandala effect, which is essentially this thing about, uh, well, false memories. And this guy started a website back in the day because he had some thoughts. I think he was, I think the website mentions he was at DragonCon. And he and, some, he and some guys were talking about um, uh, whether or not Nelson Mandela died in jail or not. And everyone seemed to have the memory that he did. And they, they remembered the funeral. And then when they looked it back up later, he was alive. And he it, ne- it never happened. But a, a whole group of these people thought that Nelson Mandela died in jail. 
and remembered seeing it on TV. So then other things came about with false memories that people had collectively. Like, what were the name of the bears in the 1980s that you might have read about? Three Little Bears. No. It starts with a B. Bad News Bears. No. They were all kind of like caramel colored. They had they were outfits. They were books. Oh, Berenstain Bears or something it's like that. Berenstain Bears. Yeah, I remember that. And everyone was like, "It's Berenstain Bears." Well, I just said that. What did you say? I said Berenstain Bears. No, I said Berenstain Bears. Berenstain or Berenstain. Stain. Stain. So, well, something everyone like everyone thought it was Berenstain. So when I heard heard this, I I ran over to the section. Uh, at the library, because yeah, yeah. I work in one, and grabbed a book right away, and I'm like, holy shit, it says Berenstain. I always called it Berenstain. Weird. And then everyone swore other things, too. Like, the, everyone swore that there was a movie with the actor Sinbad playing a genie, and that never existed. You mentioned that one before, yeah. I, I could have swore Everybody could have sworn they saw that I movie. Would, that was the one that weirded me out the most, because yeah. I... To this day, still feel like I saw that movie. Yeah, that yeah. it existed. But I think there was like a Shaq movie. He was a or Shaquille or someone. Shaq. I don't know. He was a genie. Anyway, um, and there was a few other things. Like there was a what did I just read? The what's the famous line that Forrest Gump says about candy? Oh, life is like a box it's, of chocolates. It's actually life was like a box of chocolates. Life was. Yeah. No, he didn't say yes, that. Yes, he did. You look it up. So see how we have these false memories? It's weird. So people build this up, and then they start sharing it, and they share their false memories. I got into a fight in first grade with my cousin. I actually, I guess, took my panda bear scissors and cut her shirt. And she, yeah. And she, all be over crayons. She asked to borrow my crayons. I said no, because I didn't like people touching my crayons. Yeah. And then I stupidly, I guess, asked to borrow her markers. So she said no. And then I attacked her with my scissors, and then she ripped my plastic headband off and broke it in half, and then we just started screaming. And then from that point on, we could not be in the same class together until sixth grade when someone, I guess, didn't care. I have no memory of that. I knew there was something that Chrissy and I did that caused us to not be in the same class together, but then Lori and Chrissy told me about this fight. Chrissy, I guess, remembers it. Lori told me about it. I have no memory, so I have this false memory of what they told me happened. So I don't know. The brain works in mysterious ways. So hey, speaking of Dragon Con, guess where we're going to be at in a couple of weeks? Where Scott? The, where the Motor City Comic Con? No, we're going to be there. Ghostly Talk's going to be there with our our friends and the other show that I'm a part of called Real Crime, and we're going to have a table at the Motor City Comic Con. Um, uh, it's on May 17th through May 19th. It'll we'll be there the whole weekend. What's the incentive to going by the table? Are you going to be recording? We're going to be doing yeah. We're going to be doing interviews. We're going to be hanging out. Uh, doing all kinds of you can get a free sticker you can get a free postcard thanks for asking putting me on the spot like that sorry like, what's the answer you know you're only part of the fucking show amber hey scott i just feel that with all these other celebrities there, like george takai and charlie hunan they're just gonna be like who are these people <laughs> who cares well, great, amber, why don't you just keep shooting it down some more <laughs> no we're gonna be there with a, both of our shows are gonna be there we got a table there um, come on by. Say hello. We'd love to talk to you. If you're a listener to the show, come on by. Pictures with us are free. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Pictures with us are totally free. Yeah. And if you dare ask, and there'll for an be no line. Yeah, there'll, no there'll line. Be no line whatsoever. 
So, yeah, we're going to be doing that uh, May 17th through May 19th. That's going to be totally great. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that is uh, at the Novi Showplace. Yeah, Novi Showplace Collection. That's what it's called. Yeah, because it's really, even though they, is it? Novi Collection. They say Motor City, but it's really actually quite far away from Detroit. Yeah. It's very nice, though. You'll have a good yeah. time. So, yeah, if you guys got nothing going on, if you don't have a ticket, get one. It's going to be a lot of fun. But anyway, we hope you enjoy our conversation we had with Cat Despira on the legend of the video game Polybius. Over the last couple of years, I know I've been kind of, as you know, Amber, I've been kind of falling back into a lot of retro gaming stuff. Been playing a lot. Of, I've got all my consoles out, playing them a lot here and whatnot. And as a result of that, you know, with with the wonderful World Wide Web we have now, it's easy to fall into a lot of rabbit holes on classic video gaming. For example, in my case, um, so I found myself at the gym, for example. On that that horrible elliptical machine, sweating myself half to death. However, I'm I am enjoying watching some really great documentaries on cool stuff from like old retro retro gaming stuff and whatnot. Right. One of the things I come across was about this game called Polybius. Uh, and there's a couple of you know, things out there that are on on YouTube and whatnot you can watch. But you know and. <laughs> It's hard to explain, at least from my point, I, what I, what Polybius is or what it really wasn't. It's basically this game that some people say existed, but a lot of people say it didn't exist. Did anyone play it? Uh, people said they did play it. In what decade? This would have been in the early 80s. This would have been in the early 80s. Like in the arcade? Or yeah, arcade. Well, yeah. And well, I'll tell you what. Let's just, let's just cut to it. We have Kat Despira here tonight. Kat, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Now, and yeah, thank you equally for spending, you know, taking some time to chat with us on this because, you know, I I watched some documentaries on this. I read some articles on this. Um, I did even listen to the podcast you you did with those other guys uh, that kind of told the story of Polybius, right? Uh, you know, and I and I know this is there's a this is a very polarizing uh, a topic I think for people as far as if this game ever really existed, I guess, right? So, I mean, and I know we're going to get into this, but it's, it's supposedly this game called Polybius supposedly emerged in early 1981, and, I, and I've seen either Beaverton or Portland, Oregon. Um, now, do you know, I guess, just to get things started here, because uh, I'm very confused about this. That's my point here is after all the stuff I've seen and whatnot, I'm still kind of scratching my head. Like what the hell's going on with this game? Right. So, uh, you know, do you know of any, if anyone actually saw the cabinet itself? Cause that's the thing is there's people that say it never existed. And then there's people that say, Oh no, I played the game. So, I mean, I, now you're from Portland, Oregon. Am I correct? 
I grew up in Portland, Oregon. Yes, I was there in 1981. I was 13 years old, so I was in and out of all those arcades in that area. Okay. And I'm very familiar with where they were, even their names. And um, so, yeah, um, but continue on. No, no. So, well, I mean, go ahead. Well, it's, it's, it's just, I mean, it's just that. I mean, really, do you, I mean, is there anyone, I, I mean, do you know if anyone actually saw this cabinet itself? Do you know of anybody? No, I know a great number of people who say they did, they claim they did, but there's a lot of people who, you know, claim they saw Bigfoot too. Nobody seems to have a clear picture of it though, do they? Well, yeah, Um, yeah. I think people, some people who say that they saw it, I think they saw something maybe they didn't understand. Um, uh, Portland was a test site. There was a lot of games tested in the Portland area and in Vancouver, which is like 20 miles away. Beaverton is just a suburb of Portland. It's only like 12 miles from the center of Portland. It's just a suburb. So it is part of Portland. Okay. All right. So I saw Beaverton when I was reading stuff on this. It was either Beaverton or Portland. So I guess they're kind of the same thing, what you're saying. Yeah, that's that's the first stage of the the legend. The legend has many compartments. Over the decades, people kept adding to it. I tend to like to stick to the original one that showed up in the, the mid '90s. Okay. The one that that states that it happened in Beaverton, that it was in an unmarked that it was an unmarked black cabinet, and that it had a puzzle type game in it. Yeah. And that uh, the game was sort of a weird looking abstract kind of game, and that it disappeared. Yeah. Um, that's the original story that disappeared after causing like obsession and physical ailments in people. Well, yeah. And that's some of the stuff I did read is people started playing this game and they would be, I mean, we both know more so yourself that, you know, the old arcade games, um, the goal of those games really was to, you know, and I've read articles and I've seen documentaries on this where a lot of those games were designed to be more or less, you know, with a th- three person, you know, if you have three lives in a game, their average, they tried to get you to like play that game was like a 30 seconds to a minute. You get your ass whipped on those games, right? Because they want you <laughs> yeah, to keep pumping. They were designed to lure you in and kick you out real fast and, and, and keep you intrigued enough to put another quarter in. Yeah, they were made to, to inspire obsession. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why, you know, Absolutely. I, I remember being a kid and this all ties in with Polybius too. Cause I remember being a, <laughs> I remember being a kid and going to an arcade and, and, and I grew up right in that era, the golden age of arcade games. And that was a thing. I, I was never, even to this day, I, I have the, I have a, uh, an interest in games. I, I think they're, they're amazing. Any, I mean, and across the board, like console games, all the sophisticated stuff, but you know, of course my heart's with, with, a, you know, arcade classics and retro gaming. Um, but I was never a good gamer. I was never very good. I, I never was good at any game in particular. Frankly, I was kind of a sucky gamer, I think. Uh, but I always had a, you know, a passion for it. And that's the one thing I noticed growing up was just that. It's like if I tried to play a game of Donkey Kong, for example, which I think this is a glaring example of what we're talking about, uh, I would get my ass handed to me on that game. I wouldn't last a minute or maybe two minutes tops. If I got to like the third, like, you know, third board on that, I'd have a good game. I could not play that game very well. It was relentless. It was brutal. And that's how a lot of those games were designed back then, then I thought, was they weren't, there was no margin for error like there is now for a lot of games. 
Well, yeah, in 1981, that was the that was the year where the games were exceedingly hard. Anyway, the, the hardest ones being Defender, Stargate, um, Asteroids. You know, games like that, the Space Shooters. That's why competitive gaming sprung off them because if you played those really well, then you probably you know were an ace and were able to you know do competitive gaming. Or marathons were huge in '81 as well. Yeah, guys yeah. who played the games for like 40 to 60 hours. Well, you'd have crazy. you'd have all those you know those aces in the arcade. Because we'd hang out at the mm, arcade, oh yeah. and you'd have, you know, back then it was always the guy with the feathered hair and the Jordash, the, t- the skin-tight Jordash <laughs> jeans, and the Ario Speedwagon t- t-shirt. Yeah, Iron yeah. Maiden t-shirt, even better, right? You know, the, and the, the constant Marlboro hanging off their lip, and then when they're playing, it hangs off the machine, all that shit, right? So, uh, and those yep. were the guys that go in there and just just kick asses, right? And it, and I, you know, dare I get put up next to one of those guys, they'd swallow me whole. It was, it was, even no, it was no contest, right? But there were those guys in every Ario. Arcade. As I made it very clear, mm-hmm. I wasn't one of them. However, I would keep pumping quarters into those machines because that's what they were designed to do. And from what I understand, this game Polybius, what people said, was this thing was n- no different. Uh, it was an, it was it would have you sucked in. And you just would play it and play it and play it and play it again. This is from all the accounts they said. But from what people were saying is that this thing was causing headaches. People were getting, you know, having nausea, having all kinds of physical problems as a result of playing this game. Uh, and, and even to the point where, I mean, you, you know, you mentioned like, you know, Bigfoot a second ago. I mean, th- I mean, there was the podcast you guys did. Now, you know what? Of course, I'm sitting here and you, you were a part of this podcast. Do you remember the name of what that podcast was? It was like a seven part series. The one with Ernie Klein, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's called the Polybius Conspiracy. Thank you. I'm sure that's what it was called. I got, I got. So, uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, that was one that was. That, um, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, but, you're fine. Go um, ahead. That one was uh, with Ernie Klein and uh, some other people who ended up in it that we didn't know about. The the, the show was actually created from outtakes from uh, a film that was being made of the same name, and they turned it into uh, sort of a War of the Worlds type broadcast in, instead. It's fantastic. So that was I mean, kind of surprising. It's super it, cool. I like, I like. I like. I thought that was fantastic. I really liked it a lot. Uh, it was. It turned out really good, didn't it? Yeah, yes, it turned it out great. Uh, but the story kind of got really weird. I mean, and again, I mean, I'm just going by memory here. But the gentleman and you know, and of course, I should have wrote these notes down with the notes I had. Uh, but this guy was talking about being abducted as a result of this, about as a result of playing this game. I mean, there's all types of stuff that was wound into this story, which it got really weird. Like I'm going, okay, this is just a video game. Sure did. So, <laughs> I mean, now. As we said before, this game has got a very polarized thing. Like some people swear by it, especially that that kid in the story, and uh, a lot of people I, I know, such as yourself too. Um, you say this this game never existed. Period. There was no. Re- it just never existed. So I mean, I guess let's. I gotta ask you why. Why do you? I mean, I know you were there, so I think that's that's the number one thing you're going to have as far as your credibility. Uh, there's no chance this game was ever there at all. No. <laughs> the, the funny thing about the Polybius myth that, that always struck me from the very beginning is that Portland was a pretty big town then, and, and the legend says it was a backwater suburb. There's no backwater suburbs in Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon was always pretty heavily populated. It had yeah. arcades everywhere. It had arcades everywhere. It, it, it was a modern city, <laughs> much mm-hmm. like it is now. Yeah. So... Uh, 
Plus, it took place in 1981, they say it happened. And to say that a game came out that obsessed kids in 1981, it, it is kind of strange to even, you know, claim that because that was the height of the video craze. Every game obsessed kids. Every game drew people in. There oh. were lines on just about every game at that time because that was the year that all the big space shooters came out and the marathon craze was going on, mm -hmm. and the and competitive gaming was huge. Kids were getting on the covers of magazines. Kids were getting uh, deals with Midway and Williams and working there. It, it, it's just strange that, that uh, you know, the myth claims that as, like, that was unusual, because it wasn't. Well, one it wasn't thing, at all. Well, one thing, and there's yeah. just no way during the video craze with that many people in arcades in 1981 that no one got a picture Nobody saw it, and anybody who says that they played it can never tell you what arcade it was. They never can. In that they right, never, yeah. I've, I've yet to meet anybody who can tell me what <coughs> arcade it was. And that right there tells me, yeah, I, I'm with you on that because, you, you, again, you mentioned Bigfoot earlier. Well, there's a lot of reasons, and believe me, we talk about Bigfoot plenty on this show. Um, but you know, video games are video games are something we know exists. Like we we know that there's there's these buildings even today. Again, right? Uh, retro gaming is kind of coming back again, which is super cool, I think. And there, so there. But but back then, we knew there was buildings that had lots of these cabinets in them, right? And lots of people would go in there and play those games. That's a fact. There's no way to refute that whatsoever. So we know there was a Donkey Kong machine in there. We knew there was a Pac-Man machine in there. We know there was a Defender machine in there, right? So these were things that could be verified 100%. But now you got this game that people are running around. There's a, a handful of people are running around saying that, you know, this game totally existed. But again, like you said, they can't verify anything. There's no proof of anything. There's no pictures. There's no documentation. You'd think there'd be something out there. You think there would, and another thing that struck me strange about the the urban legends is it said that the game was making uh, kids sick. Well, you you know, geez, during the marathon craze when kids were playing sometimes three days straight at a time on asteroids, you bet they got sick. Kids passed out. Kids had panic attacks, usually from dehydration, sometimes from hallucinations. Yeah, that's yeah. also part of the myth, though, too, the hallucinations. That was really common when these marathoners played for that long. It was so common that arcades actually banned them being able to marathon just because it's very unhealthy. I mean, today we know that it can kill you. Back then, they didn't really know that. Well, it can't kill you. You can die from it. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, with the PS4, Xbox, and the three- and four-day four day, um, marathons kids do or, or young adults do, yeah. quite a few of them have died. Well, I mean, and I've said this, too. I've had this debate with people uh, recently where people say, you know, especially for, like, competitive gaming or, or marathoning, like you're saying, on cabinet machines, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, as we know, like, if you're going to do a marathon or whatever on a, on a console game, usually, I mean, <clears throat> and I don't know all the rules of this stuff, but I think that's a bit more of a comfortable environment you can have to work on a console environment, right? With an arcade it's cabinet. It's more dangerous because you're sitting down. You can get embolisms. Yeah, they get oh, blood really? clots and die. That's what's actually been killing them. Oh, really? My goodness. Because I yeah. thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But standing up, you're, you you yeah. can still get that from dehydration. Um, um, they get into cardiac arrhythmia. Yeah. That can happen. But when you're younger, like 12 or 13, that's more unlikely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, but it only happens when you're a little older and you're doing caffeine. But a lot of them did do caffeine back then. They'd take the caffeine tabs. Mm -hmm. 
And so a lot of the Defender guys did, which is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that documentary, The One Man Versus Snake. I'm sure you've seen it, uh, about, about Nibbler, that, the guy who did Nibbler. Oh, yeah, Tim McVeigh. Tim I McVeigh. I talked to him on the phone today. He's one of my good friends. That dude, that dude is so cool. But I love the story. I love the story. I mean, I, I thought it was funny because when he broke the record originally on on Nibbler, he, they they just he's like, so I rode my bike. He's like, I finished the game and I rode my bike home. And my my mom's like, well, do you want some macaroni and cheese? Because she knew he was there for like two days playing this game. And he's like, I sat down on my bed, and I don't remember anything t- until two days later. I woke up. He he was passed out for like two days. Basically, he was so tired. So I. I can only imagine like that, you know, and that's what I was going back to as far as like competitive gaming like that, where, I mean, it seems to me with a console machine, yeah, you're standing. I mean, you can sit on one of those high top chairs, I guess, but that's not very comfortable to try to do that for, you know, two days or how many hours you have to do, depending on what game it is. Right. But so what I was saying right. when my friends were, I'm like. I, I'm like, they're like, well, you know, gaming, competitive gaming is not a sport. I'm like, I don't know, man. I mean, this takes a toll on your body. It's physically and mentally challenging, just like, excuse me, any sport is, it seems like. So I'm not sure if there's much of a difference between the two. I mean, I know, you know, playing football would be, you know, I know it's more physically challenging and there's only a certain amount of people can play that game. But I think there's a place, though, to call it a sport. Uh, as far as competitive gaming is concerned, because it, it does challenge you mentally and physically, I think. I think the endurance uh, part of the marathon gaming, if you've ever watched a, a video uh, game marathon, I've seen men who are adults in their 40s doing it. It's definitely a sport, and it's definitely dangerous, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've watched ones where uh, adult males doing it have ended up in the hospital. Joel West was one. He was playing Berserk for, I, don't, I forget how many hours he was in before... He got in trouble physically, and wow. he had he was in the hospital for a couple of days. I mean, it's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It is. Yeah. I, I don't condone marathoning unless you know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Anybody listening, make sure you know what you're doing before you even even attempt it, <laughs> really. It, it's dangerous. So, I mean, going back to the point, though, like, yeah, so this is... I mean, this is no different, really. I mean, this is this could have this has happened on any other. Oh, I shouldn't say any other cabinet, but other cabinets people have played other games. They've experienced these same problems from long, you know, long durations of play where they have had physical yeah. problems. So that doesn't really, you know, make Polybius unique in that way whatsoever. You know. One no, the- it never struck me as being unusual at all, although someone did find it unusual, which I thought was strange. Another thing I didn't think that was unusual is that they said it disappeared after a month and was never heard from again. That's the story of uh, Kicks, a game that that was very abstract and, ha- and was a puzzle game. It came on the scene, yeah. it disappeared, it got converted, it didn't do very well. What was it called again? Kicks. Yeah, Kicks. you've never heard of it, have you? No. It, it's a very interesting game. Very, it's, uh, You have to look it up. It's hard to describe. It's a it's a puzzle game where you have, uh, it's very much like Tempest. Like, have you, Are you familiar with Tempest? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know how the temp- Tempest, you have the dial and you turn the dial and you have that those weird, like, geometric shape-shifting, yeah. mm-hmm. like, look? Yeah. Kicks had that, too, but it didn't have a dial. I believe it just had a joystick, and your the object of the game was to take your cursor and draw a line and a block in any kind of way that you could to take up as much of the screen as you can, because once you do that, it blocks it out so the kicks can't get in it. Yeah. And the object of the game is to try to get as much of that surface covered as you can. Okay. It's very difficult, a very, oh. very difficult oh, okay. game, and it disappeared. It came it out disappeared. and disappeared. Yeah, so I never heard about it. 
Wait, is it is it like KIX, like the band Kicks? I was wondering. <laughs> oh no, which is a great band, Kick Ass Band. I love that band. <laughs> we were big um, no, Kicks it's Q U X. Q U X. I think it's Q U Q U X. Is that how it's spelled? Yeah, it's Q- spelled really strange. Really? Uh, it's K I. Or I'm sorry, it's Q I X. Q I X. Kicks. Okay, I'm going to look that up. If you so see one today, something. they're very, very rare. Very one, rare. One thing I was thinking about in regards to Polybius was. Um, we have, you know, in, you know, when you study the paranormal or a lot of things, one thing I was thinking of is, uh, there's something called front loading. Like, you know, if you have a, if you're showing someone like a picture that supposedly that ghost is in or a piece of audio that supposedly there's a, you know, maybe some weird, uh, spiritual spirit voice in or whatnot. Sometimes people can say, Hey, listen for that part right here. Do you hear something? And when you do something like that mentally, what happens is mm-hmm. it front loads that information into people. Right. So then they do hear something. Right. So what I was thinking about with Polybius was, you know, and I mean, the people in as far as I'm concerned with this game, uh, you know, people that believe it it existed. That's great. I think that's fantastic. Right. I'm just trying to think of like how this thing works on both sides. And one thing I was thinking of was I look, there was a lot of things in my youth. Right. This was like 30 something years ago now when I was in those you know, in the golden era of, of, of classic gaming and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of things that I'm going to remember. There's a lot of things I'm not going to remember. And there's going to be a lot of things that are kind of foggy there in, the, in between those two things. Right. So what I was thinking is maybe there's certain people and I'm not saying they're doing this on purpose either, but maybe there's people out there going, dude, this game existed. It was at this arcade. Don't you remember? Don't you remember? And. I know I've had this where I, I see things in my mind and over time, sometimes it's proven that that wasn't true at all. It was just something that my mind kind of made up. Right. So I'm wondering if it's, if this thing with part of the, the, this urban legend of Polybius, um, that some people may have just been front loaded like that saying, don't you remember it was there, blah, 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 this time or whatnot. And people go, yeah, you know what, Mary? I remember a cabinet that looked like that, you know, and then some people, and it, it may not be true at all. I mean, do you think that may be part of this thing? Sure. I, I, oh, absolutely. I, I think I've seen that many times in people. But I also think people make bold claims about things for a lot of different reasons. Like if they're a journalist, sometimes they do it for money. Other times people will do it for attention. And sometimes people just do it for the hell of it. On the Internet, people love to make uh, all kinds of crazy hoaxes all the time. Yeah, I, um, you're you know. Right. So I don't know, but I do think front-loading is a lot of it. Yeah, I mean that's one thing I was just thinking of. I get, like, cause there's game, there's things in my mind. It's hard to describe, I think, but there's things in my mind that I can see it, and it, you know, it's there, but it's not quite there. It's not, it's not sharp and focused, I guess. And that's what I'm saying is if if you're talking to someone that's in that state where they don't really remember, and all it takes is a little bit to push them off the cliff, so to say, right? And it's like, well, yeah, don't you remember? And I'm not again. I'm not saying this was done you know, for nefarious reasons. I think it's just people saying, no, I remember this. Don't you, you have to remember it too. Uh, and I, you know, that's just one of the things I thought uh, may have been a cause for this thing. I mean, why do we think that this, that this urban legend picked up the steam that it did in the first place? Um, that's, you know, speaking of that, why do you think that this thing has become where it is today? Why do I think that it has? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, there's the technical reasons, and then there's the psychological reasons that it did. The technical reasons are, I think, uh, um, I don't know, when GamePro in, in 2003 started talking about it again, the 90s, 
Yeah. Uh, like uh, when they sort of, well, actually, okay. The initial mention of it started in the late nineties, but it didn't resonate with anybody. And then game pro in 2003 started like talking about it more and then being big and having some, uh, credibility some yeah. influence. They spread it pretty far. Yeah. And that, you know, kind of prompted other people to hop in and add their little parts to it. And it just kind of grew from there. But I, I, I don't know. Um, I, it's hard to say. No. I, I, well, I think I, it endures because people are just drawn to rumors of the supernatural and the strange because yeah. humans are instinctively driven by curiosity to respond to anything that stimulates, you know, that sense of romance and intrigue and, it, and it's scary. You yeah. know, I, I just think it's human nature to, you know, no, that's true. Gravitate towards the unknown, right? I agree. A hundred percent. You're, you're totally mm -hmm. right. Cause sure. when I first heard about this, I mean, I won't lie. I mean, I just really heard about this maybe about a year, year and a half ago. And I'm like, well, this is super interesting. Like, what the hell kind of game is this? And I'll, I'll admit, I was drawn in the same way. Like, this is a really interesting story. I've never heard of anything like this before. This is strange. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm coming at it from the same viewpoint. I think a lot of other people are too. Um, one of the things I was thinking about, however, too, go ahead, go ahead, no, go Sorry, ahead, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, no I, I have to say this. I've had a, a lot of people come to me and say that they've played it and then I'll ask them, you know, well, do you have it? You don't have to have photos because I know back in the 80s, none of us were taking photos because those instrumatics wouldn't take a picture in arcade anyway. Yeah. But can you tell me where it was? And they can't. However, I get contacted by people. I get some pretty crazy things thrown at me. A lot of people, I've had a lot of guys who don't even know each other. This is interesting. This will be interesting to you from a conspiracy standpoint. Okay. Who they don't even know each other, don't even know they exist, but they tell me of these government experiments experiments that they were subjected to using video games in the military. Now, they never say Polybius, but they wonder if they're not connected in some way. These guys will tell me, like, these crazy stories about being, like, restrained and being forced to watch video imaging and then have their, their you know, physical effects, you know, um, uh, written down by somebody sitting next to them. <coughs> These guys don't know each other. They, they give me information that I check out, and I can vet it. I mean, the one guy said it happened in Chicago in this one place. I found the building. It did exist. He told me the names of the doctors. They were there. So there's really? some truth to some government stuff going on with video games back in the 80s, but I don't know if it correlates to what happened in Portland. Well, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, as far as this idea, I mean, let's take Polybius out of the equation, right? There's no doubt in my mm -hmm. mind, I'm sure that, some entity, some arm of the government, whatever it may be, whether it's military, whether it's science, who knows, I'm sure there has been this idea at the worst case, there's been this idea that, hey, why don't we put something out there into the population that's like entertainment driven games, right? And see how people respond. Maybe if not, if not is like, you know, this, you know, I know the ultimate idea is like mind control, mind control, right? But if anything, I think a lot of this stuff now, and, I, and this has been proven nowadays, especially with social media, I mean, a lot of it is just data mining, grabbing massive amounts of data and, and developing tons of statistics from this stuff that they use as information, right? Uh, oh, sure. And I think you can do the exact, and, and they do use games for that. I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, I on Facebook, for example, on the devil's website, the, the, way, the website everybody knows about, right, that... There's those, I see those things every day. Like somebody says, well, uh, I played this game and they said, I, if I was a member of Motley Crue, I'd be Vince Neal or something like that. Right. And that's like, 
one of them quiz games, one of those quiz game things, I think, right? So I played a couple of those. And the first thing I notice is, you know, you log into it with your Facebook um, account. So now they got your Facebook account, right? And then they, and then they ask you a bunch of questions like, so are you, what's your favorite color? Uh, well, black, you know, uh, you know, what, do you, are you happier when it's rainy outside or when it's sunny outside? Well, I'm happier when it's rainy outside. And you ask, you answer a series of these questions and it's a fun little game. It's a fun little quiz game you play. And at the end, your reward is, you know, well, I'm Vince Neal. Ha <laughs> ha. It's totally awesome. But what they've done there is they, they've grabbed a, a handful, a, a data set from you, from your profile. Right. And that goes into a larger data, you know, a larger data set, which ultimately gets data mined. Right. And I know that's I'm really bingo. Bingo. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. I'm I'm really breaking it down in simple terms here. I know it's much more complex than that. But that's that's a proven fact right there that games are being used to, you know, by the government, by by. Well, not even companies, of course, they've been doing that since the turn of the century. Um, So there that stuff is being done through games. No doubt in my mind, games are used to get information, you know, is, is the mind control aspect there? Well, you hit, I mean, maybe, I mean, we both know that subliminal meshes, messages are a very real thing. I've seen them myself. So that's there too. And that is a form, in my opinion, of mind control. That's in games, that's in TV, that's everywhere. So, I mean, yeah, it's all mm-hmm. there, I think. So I, is atonal, atonal sounds yeah. that have been used in video games before. Nintendo accidentally did it and got a huge scandal from that um, really? it was it was an accident but but anyway that that plays into the polybius thing because the lavender town video game that supposedly caused children to uh commit suicide that's another uh offshoot of the polybius myth there's a something called lavender town really? in a nintendo game yeah and that had that had atonal atonal yeah. music yeah i didn't know that it's called lavender town yeah, and Nintendo released Pokemon uh, Red and Green for the Game Boy in 96 with this weird atonal music that came up whenever your player got to this village where there was a large graveyard. Okay. And the map is Lavender, so that's why it's called Lavender Town. That atonal music that plays was rumored to have caused over 100 children to commit suicide and become sick, kind of like the Polybius myth. Oh, my it's God. It's not true. It didn't happen. But the atonal music was there. Okay. And it's just kind of funny how that developed. Wait, so not, so it isn't true that over a hundred kids committed suicide as a result of those atonal atonal sounds, correct? Not over a hundred. Uh, Jap- well, Japan in the nineties had a very high rate of suicide among children. It still does due to these like several cultural factors, like including like until recently, um, vicious bullying was kind of tolerated in their school system because it was seen as being beneficial beneficial to a child's development. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, yeah. Uh, they do have a problem with uh, suicide. But it, it is it is very high. It's so, I think the highest in the world. Well, yeah, and especially among children and young people. Oh, well. But a Nintendo game didn't cause that. However, I have listened to the original Nintendo atonal music, and it is really creepy and. It, it makes you feel dreadful. It did me. I, I mean, I got, but was that front loaded? I don't know. You know, somebody tells you you're going to feel this way if you hear it. Did I, you know, think I felt that way? I don't know. But I don't like atonal music. Atonal music's been going on since I think 1885. You know, a lot of the composers used it. Yeah. And I don't like, I don't like it. Well, there's certain frequencies also. I, I, I was thinking about this when you mentioned this. Um, I, I've been told, and I, 
I never really heard them myself, but I've been told like a lot of pop music, for example, and I'm not ripping on pop music, even though I like to rip on pop music a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing it this time. Uh, but me and my friend were talking about this and we actually got into a long discussion on it. And um, he basically said, and I, I think it's true. He's like, well, why do so many people like this music? He's like, there's not really much to it a lot of times. It's very simple. It's a, a lot of it sounds the same. He's like, so why do people like it so much? And he's like, well, more or less, they bury frequencies in the music that more or less cause states of euphoria. And they're, and they're subliminal they're subliminal frequencies yeah. that cause euphoria in your mind. So, yeah, of course you're going to want to go back to that over and over again. I mean, people like to get back rubs and massages for the same reason, because it re- releases endorphins in your body, and it makes you feel good, right? right? Um, that's right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the reason I mean, I'm, I think the conversation started with just that. I'm like, why do people listen to that shit pop music? It's garbage. And my buddy's like, I'll tell you why. Here's the reason why, right? So, I mean... You know, not just video games. I mean, we, what we've kind of shot out here is that, you know, this stuff's everywhere. And I mean, I think a lot of people know that. And I think a lot of people are complacent with it, too, uh, especially with, the, like I said, the Facebook uh, quiz type things. People do those all the time. <clears throat> and I keep saying to people, I'm like, all they're doing that for is just to get information from you, man. They don't care. They don't really care that you, if you were going to be a member of Motley Crue, you'd be Vince Neil. <laughs> it don't mean shit to them. It don't mean anything to them. So, I mean, and you know what? But you mentioned that already kind of there, that uh, the Lavender, uh, God, my, my memory's gone. Lavender Town. Thank you, Lavender, Lavender Town. Lavender Town, Nintendo's Pokemon Red and Green for the Game Boy in 1996. So, I mean, that's another. I'm surprised nobody's ever, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but no, you're fine. I'm surprised nobody's ever tied that into the Plebeus myth because it's a direct ripoff of it. Really? It's saying that a video game came out and caused children to go crazy and, and hurt themselves. And when I heard about it, I went, bingo, there's some plebeus myth again. <laughs> the plebeus myth's been going on in, in pop culture, in movies and films since I could trace it back to the 50s. But the most, it really started in 1977 with the rise of the computers and the Atari and people not really knowing you know, how that type of technology affected us. You can see the influence in movies and, 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 and young, you know, people's novels, like children's <laughs> novels. Well, yeah, I mean... Have the demon arcade game in them, uh, lots of them. Well, yeah, I mean, and I remember this growing up, too. Like, when video games first came out, they were this thing that was this positive thing. Like, look, this is something kids can do. Uh, to keep them out of trouble, number one. Number two, this is something that'll make their mind work. It'll keep their mind working. It, it challenges them, and it help, it teaches them how to problem solve and figure things out. And I do know, and you know, and I know there's maybe a bit uh, of, uh, oh well, my goodness, this is the the, the ibuprofen kicked in. Now I can't remember anything. Um, I mean, there's there. I think there was a lot of bad information put out there. Uh, I know there was ideas, you know. I'd say like 83, 84, where, and I do know like arcades, like I mentioned before, arcades started getting a little rough at at a certain point, I think also. I think there has been this discussion with video gaming history where, you know, like, you know, the late mid seventies to like, you know, 81, 82, there was this era where, yeah, it was geeks. <laughs> it was, it was dorks. It was nerds who were playing video games nonstop. That was their thing. And then video games, I guess, I don't want to generalize people, but even the, even the, the people from that era themselves said, well, arcades kind of turned, they got scummy. They got kind of weird and creepy and they moved yeah. all of us out. Like all of us dorks kind of got kicked out of there, you know? It kind of depended on the city. Um, from my experience being on the West Coast, um, arcades 
it depending if they were to the Ma and Pa like street locations, yeah. you had a higher chance of running into a nasty arcade. If they were the mall arcades, those were more sanitized. They had security, they were heavily lit. There were drugs, prostitution, whatever, all over in Portland's arcades, which is why they got raided so often. Yeah. The raiding story that came on later with Polybius is absolutely true. That did happen in Portland. It happened a lot, but it happened all over the US as well. Yeah. Well and what made me think about that was there was this idea in the middle of that where at one time my parents were like, yeah, video games are cool. And then all of a sudden overnight, it seemed like they're like, no, those things rot your brain. You can't use those. You can't play video games anymore. They'll rot your brain. They're going to give you brain damage. Literally, that's what I'm here. They're going to give you brain damage if you keep playing them. So all of a sudden I was like, ew, well, I feel bad for playing video games now, right? And, I mean, yeah, there was a huge coalition to shut down arcades and stop video games from, like, from, like, what, 1980 to probably 1984 when they finally gave up after the market crashed a bit. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was a huge yeah, propaganda thing. the whole yeah. video craze, there was all these coalitions to pass ordinances and all kinds of things to, to inhibit uh, operational hours of arcades and the age of people who could go in. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as Polybius is concerned, I mean, because, I mean, this ties into, obviously, as we've kind of dis- discussed here, <clears throat> this ties into a lot of a lot of things uh, and this idea of what Polybius is, you know, and my thing, even after, especially after having this conversation, um, wh- why do we need Polybius? <laughs> There's plenty of stuff out there, I think, that's doing, in my opinion, I mean, the same damage, I think, to people. Um you know, for long intervals of time, like we said, but also as far as like government wanting to get information, I think it's much easier now to do it than it ever was in the 80s. I think it's happening as we speak. As far as if I believe the game ever existed, I'm still like, I, I'm still scratching my head. But I really, really want to talk to you about it, though, Kat. And I thank you for taking the time to chat with us about this. Yeah, I don't believe it existed. I, I, I believe that it's something that was spun more out of pop culture than anything, you know, starting with Demon Seed in 1977 when Proteus IV, the home computer, took the woman hostage so that he could impregnate her so he could be born as a human being. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the first one I remember seeing where I was thinking, oh, computers are scary, you know? Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's the story. That's that's Polybius right there. That's the story being mm. told. It was told again in um, the game from outer space. It's a 1982 um, album or album novel about, you know, a kid that gets obsessed with a video game and then it takes him over. Tron is like, uh, isn't that about, yeah, that's about, it's about falling uh, a into a machine into the yeah. mainframe of a, in a digital world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. War games, war games, little yeah. brother by John McNeil. That's another one where a com- home computer called the possum network. I think it's called the possum network mm-hmm. takes over a little boy via mind control. And then you have the novel by, um, arcade. It's called arcade by Robert Max, which is the best Polybius one of all written in 1984 where a, a town has an arcade that opens up and all it has is one game in it. It has rows upon rows of just one game called Spacescape and that the kids all become obsessed with it uh-huh. and it mind controls them and takes over their bodies. So I this, mean, it's just it's yeah. been happening forever. Over and over and over again. And it's not going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to stop. I just never thought, I never thought about that till just now. Yeah. it's, it's How it, many instances of that, that telling or, or tell retelling of the Plebeus myth there is. Well, it's a Up lot until like... 2015 with Lavender Town. <laughs> I, it's a lot like ghost stories, though. Because, I mean, I, to put yeah. that in perspective... <laughs> I mean, yeah. And it's not to like, it's not to like, you know, and I'm not... 
some people might get a little upset about this, but, you know, a lot of ghost stories you hear, a lot of them follow the same thing. Uh, you know, on this date, so-and-so will walk across the cemetery to meet her dead lover. Or if you go to this bridge and honk your horn three times, something will appear in front of your windshield. I mean, a lot of the stories, if you study this stuff like we have, you see it, you draw a lot of the same lines. Right. So it sounds like what you did right there, Kat, is the same thing. Like, well, this has been this story is being told over and over again. You know, it may be a different color or something here, but that story is being told over and over and over again. It's the same thing. Very much so. Oh, and I love ghost stories, by the way. I know most of them are BS, but God, I love them. <laughs> I do. I love them. What? I just love them. And I like alien stuff. <laughs> Even though I know it's not, it's not real. I find it fascinating. And I'm sure that's, what drew people to the Polybius myth too? It's the same kind of allure. Well, you yeah, know? you know, I, I'll, I'll be totally honest, Cam. I mean, that's kind of when I started. You know, I saw a couple documentaries on this thing and listened to some stuff. I'm like, okay, this is weird because you know this stuff really kind of gets put under the topic weird for all. I mean, everything we talk about on here is weird, right? And and Polybius was this thing too. I'm like, well, this is weird. I want to I want to explore this a little bit and learn about this thing. So you know, again, I want to thank you, Cat, for taking the time to chat with us about this. I you know, and I know your your position is very clear on it, and I think that I think that's really cool. And there's a lot of evidence. Let's be frank. There's so much evidence that's against this thing. It's it's hard to like really look the other way and say, well, like, maybe it existed, but there's no evidence. Like I said, this isn't a Bigfoot or a UFO. Where I mean, where there are these elements that seem to be elusive. Video games don't move. They don't hide behind trees. They don't fly up in the sky. They you know arcade cabinets just sit in a room plugged in to be played and that's it so somebody should have had a should have taken a picture or something back then you'd think there'd be something yeah something. but then again in closing mm-hmm. every day there are video game collectors who find roms of games that no one knew existed it happens a lot it does happen a lot so i'm hoping maybe one day so it'll prove me wrong and one will be found. And then we'll have another discussion that'll go on for another decade and all this <laughs> new myths that'll come out of it, right? No, it's true. It's true. You know, and yeah, I'd like, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if it actually did exist. Somebody had some irrefutable proof. Here's the machine. Here's everything. That'd be interesting to hear. But yeah, as of right now, yeah, I mean, I'm fa- I'm on the fence, but I'm falling over to the side of saying, hey, man, this thing never existed, you know. <laughs> but, you know, who knows? I'm right. always I'm always open to anything. But thank you again, Kat. We appreciate the time. Ghostly Talk! <laughs> <laughs>